1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host Ben Standing and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic and I'm doing this episode live from a Mobile, Alabama, site of the annual Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm not at the Senior Bowl this minute, I'm in a hotel room in Mobile, but I was at the the event the last two days and been around town uh, checking in with people from around the league about the prospects and other uh, matters around the league and I want to share some of that with you uh, but in terms of the draft prospects themselves uh, joining me on this episode Nick Baumgartner one of the athletics NFL draft thinkers and insiders we went through some of the players that have stood out to him positions of strength positions of weakness and and how nick views the commanders from a draft evaluation standpoint so we'll get to all that here in a moment of course make sure you subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify or anywhere you do your podcasting and of course subscribe to the athletic itself i have a new story up today on the tight end position and uh the specifically, uh, Oregon State's Luke Musgrave, who is one of the bigger name prospects here. I'll get to more on him in a second. In addition, I want to talk about the offensive coordinator search, Tom Brady uh, retiring, uh, and how that uh, impacts the quarterback uh, situation this offseason and more. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Um Since we're here, though, at the Senior Bowl, I just want to give you sort of the quick lay of the land on that, uh, this is my third year here. Uh, first year was 2020. That, of course, that was the Chase Young draft year. He was not here for the Senior Bowl. Justin Herbert was that year, and uh, last year you had a bunch of quarterbacks as well, including Kenny Pickett, also a first-round pick, a- and that extended the run of like I think it was, I think they said it was like between like five to seven years in a row of a first-round quarterback. Playing at the at the Senior Bowl, and obviously quarterbacks are you know, they they, they provide the sex appeal for a draft class for the most part. Uh, obviously, there can be the occasional you know dynamic uh, player at another position at, at, at the top, like a Chase Young or uh, a Jadavian Clowney or whoever it might be. Uh, but that is you know what typically drives these uh, the you know sort of the view of a class. None of those players are here this week. There may not even be a day two quarterback here, but it isn't just the quarterbacks that are missing. This is feeling like for a Senior Bowl that is at least not the most exciting of classes. That that's been my takeaway in talking to some people from around the league. I had one scout tell me there ultimately may not be a single first round talent here. That's different than saying players will not that that. Uh, there won't be players here who get picked in the first round, but maybe not a ton. I think some offensive linemen, uh, like Osiris Torrance from Florida is an interior offensive lineman, would obviously make sense for where Washington is, is somebody to, uh, keep an eye on. Uh, there, there's some other guys, Ohio State offensive tackle Dewan Jones talks about him with, uh, Nick. Not necessarily a first round pick, but a pretty interesting, uh, player, a massive human being, uh, to say the least. And there's a lot of players like that. And there's also some guys who have stood out. Uh, Tulane running back Tajay Spears has been a lot of fun to watch. Kansas State cornerback Julius Brent. But, again, not necessarily on day one. And to that point, I wrote about, as I mentioned, Luke Musgrave, uh, nephew of former NFL quarterback and longtime coach Bill Musgrave. Uh, he is uh, Dane Brugler, our main NFL draft analyst. He is burgler's number two tight end overall. Could mean uh, he could go somewhere late in the first round. I wouldn't think 16, but you know somewhere late in the first round could be, could possibly happen. But part of the reason I wrote about Luke Musgrave is because he is one of the big names here. Um, you know, the the, the you you can base these things on w um, each day at e at Washington each day, yesterday on Wednesday, they had a media availability for players, teams from the American team and then players from the American and national team enter this, you know, sort of hall inside the Mobile Convention Center. Uh, some of them are just sort of milling about and reporters there or others. Who are granted credentials can go up and just ask questions and fire away. Then there's like a handful of players, five or six, who are at individual tables with a with a placard with their name on it, uh, sitting behind a microphone to answer questions. And Luke Musgrave, um, for the uh, the American team, was arguably the biggest name up there. And that's partly why I decided to write about him, because it is an interesting guy at a position of need for Washington, which is why I was a little surprised. I don't know what normally to, to comment on the comments in the, in the uh stories on the athletic. And I will just note, I think people are very generally very nice. I know that we're often told in our industry, never read the comments. I never had that issue here um, with the athletic. I think everybody's really supportive and nice and, you know, I think kind of understands what we're trying to do here. But obviously people have opinions and I wouldn't suggest that everybody should agree with me on everything, even though, you know, come on. <laughs> why why wouldn't you come on. But anyway, um and what was interesting to me was the reaction to this. First off, I saw some people suggesting that tight end as a as an early round pick is it doesn't make sense for Washington. Well, I, I I could not disagree more. Now I'm not saying offensive line isn't the biggest need. Of course it is. We've been talking about this for forever, and you know, again, I mentioned Osiris Torrance. I spoke with him for a little bit. I'll write something up about him later on. He would make a lot of sense. DeJuan Jones, uh, Cody uh a, 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 a D two um, offensive lineman, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse might have been the best offensive tackle here. Darnell Wright from Tennessee. All these players are pretty interesting, and I think Washington certainly showed interest in the offensive line during. This week, so let me not discount that. Furthermore, cornerback makes a lot of sense, right? As we know, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Just, that's kind of what they have right now. Danny Johnson can certainly help out in the, from a depth perspective, but they need more at that position. No, no doubt um, about it. And obviously, we'll have to see what happens to the linebacker with Cole Holcomb uh, heading into free agency, and you know, and so on. But tight end to me is absolutely a big need. Uh, Logan Thomas led the team, um in, 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 receptions, uh, over, over 30, but the overall Washington ranked 28th in the league with only 60 receptions. Logan Thomas struggled as a blocker. Uh, PFF, I've mentioned this in, in it previously, out of like, I want to say like 45 or so, uh, tight ends who played a certain amount of snaps, he finished last in their rankings in blocking. And, you know, that, that's a pretty hard deal when you're that one dimensional. Uh, obviously, we know their blocking struggled last year. Uh, so having Thomas on the field, you know, and I do think he didn't didn't have his best year blocking. Part of that was probably coming off the ACL, but nonetheless, you want him on the field as a red zone threat, but you need help with blocking. And what do you do there? But John Bates is sort of the opposite problem. He can catch a little bit, but you know, and he's a, he's a good blocker, but it's not a a a. a and every down threatened when you have these different players on the field that can help the defense kind of sort of dictate or, or get a feel for what play is coming. Now, they may have, uh well, they do have some intrigue with Armani Rogers and Cole Turner, and I do think there's, in, there, there's interest from the team in terms of what those guys can be. But obviously we saw this year, you know, Rogers was one year removed from being a college quarterback, and Cole Turner, he was a former wide receiver who sort of, you know, dressed up as a tight end in the NFL. I'm not saying those guys couldn't be future starters, maybe, but maybe not. And maybe it does make sense for Washington to consider a tight end. It doesn't have to be Musgrave. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is typically viewed as the number one tight end in this class. Uh, and, and there's a bunch of other tight ends who, who are definitely of of note and of interest. Uh, I wrote about a couple other guys that we're here this week, um, but I definitely think tight end is a huge concern. And and furthermore, free agency comes before the draft. Whatever positions we're talking about—offensive line, tight end, cornerback—Washington may address those needs there. Now, we have talked previously about whether Washington is on some sort of a budget with this current uh, potential ownership sale. Does Dan Snyder sort of, um, hold, you know, putting the screws to some guys in terms of? Uh, or in, in to, to the team in terms of you know how much money they can potentially spend, we'll see definitively. Um So maybe they won't be able to afford any of the better tight ends or cornerbacks or offensive linemen that are free agents, and therefore they will be all about the draft. A long time, uh, we, we've got some time before we we dive into that a bit more. But I absolutely think that tight end is a need for them and one that could be addressed early. And I would just remind people that you know a year ago, sure we were talking about wide receiver. If I had suggested that, and first of all, last year Washington traded down from 11 to 16. They could absolutely trade down again, get more picks, especially if the draft is going to be the biggest way for them to add talent this year. But also, if, you know, if we had said this time a year ago that they were going to draft Jahan Dotson at 16, uh, people I think would have had a heart attack because projections were having him much later in the first round, if not in day two. Obviously that worked out. And I'm not saying that, you know, therefore they should, uh, <laughs> you know, overdraft potentially a tight end or any other position at sixteen. I'm just saying we'll see where we are. This is just step one. I absolutely do believe they've got to figure out the tight end situation. And again, may, maybe the answer is Armani Rogers and Cole Turner, but if it's not, uh you know absolutely they should be looking at some of these tight ends, which they are uh from what I gather here as well. So there is that aspect now, again, uh, in terms of the, the overall class, I just don't know that there is a lot of talent here this year. Um, you know, you look at the quarterback thing, as I mentioned before, not that this is necessarily a factor for Washington, um, but, you know, Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Anthony Richardson, Florida, all these players are projected somewhere in the top five to 15. None of them were here because all of our underclassmen. Will Levis from Kentucky also uh, expected to go very high in the draft. He skipped the event and, and that's kind of the way it went for some of these upper classmen. I had one scout tell me there may not be a single player here who is a first round talent. Now that doesn't mean there won't be players here picked in the first round, but in terms of players who are just like flat out, this is a player that's gotta go in the first round. There may not be one here, uh, per this scout that I've talked to this year and also in years past. So. Something to keep in mind there. But like I said, I do think there's been some interesting players here. Uh, I, I keep mentioning the offensive lineman that does feel like we're Washington for the go, but I don't necessarily know that's a, a round one uh, situation. Uh, we'll see how things unfold. Dewan Jones, Ohio State, the massive human being. He's got the arm span of like a seven foot five player. He's like six eight, three hundred seventy eighty 370, 80 pounds, somewhere in that range. Um, he practiced on day one and really stood out. He did not participate Wednesday with some type of injury. Uh Maybe have been uh, there was a report of it possibly being a concussion. So we'll see if he's back on the field this week or not. In any event, he really stood out. I don't necessarily know that he's a first-round pick, though. We will see on that. Again, early in the process, I'm just telling you from my view here, it feels like teams are still digging through to try to figure out where – the talent is, but it does not feel like a big upside talent, high in the draft in particular, and from the, and therefore uh, ratings, evaluations of players may be all over the place. I um, want to get to a couple other things, though. Uh, the offensive coordinator search, of course. Um, Washington had confirmed that they have interviewed Anthony Lynn, former Chargers head coach, current 49ers running backs coach. Uh, while I was away, I guess there was a kerfuffle about the fact that Rivera was not attending the Senior Bowl, and then it turned out he was out in California for the Pebble Beach Pro Am. I had heard he was out in California when I reported that he wouldn't be here initially uh, for a family event. So clearly, he's you know got some other things going on. I don't personally think it's the biggest deal in the world if he is not here. I understand the uh, the argument for him being here. You get a lot more uh, data for sure but i don't think it's the big the i don't think it's the biggest issue last year he did not attend they ended up drafting five players from the senior bowl including uh Brian Robinson right so uh, uh, you know and Sam Howell. so it's not as if you know if you like those players it's not as if that became a detriment for him i think Fedarian Mathis as well i want to say was on that was on that list um so there's that but then it turns out Rivera was actually part of the reason he was in California was to interview Anthony Lynn and they had a conversation in person I was told he, Rivera was the only person to speak with Lynn um, look Anthony Lynn like would would fit into that experience bucket the one we've, that includes Pat Shermer Ken Zampezi it would include Eric Bieniemy to a degree if he ultimately does interview in that Bieniemy has not called plays in the NFL but nonetheless has been around for a long time and was an OC in college although that did not particularly go well at Colorado Anyway, Lynn makes sense to a degree for sure. I don't know, though, if I see him as – I don't know if any of these people, the ones I just named, are particularly great answers. As we've discussed many times now, any, any offensive coordinator with options, it's hard to imagine they would consider going to Washington uh, because of the uncertainty with ownership, what that means for Ron Rivera and his staff beyond this year, and perhaps even this year, but certainly beyond this year. So, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Anthony Lynn is the is the favorite or the one they should get. I don't necessarily know that at all. Um, he he was last in OC for the for the Lions last year, and that team was last year meaning 2021, and that team was miserable. Now they got better with having Jared Goff. Um, well, actually, they had Jared Goff the year before. i uh, so we saw the difference for the Lions. This year, when they when they switched coordinators from Lynn to Ben Johnson, and look, there may be a hundred other factors that went into that, but clearly that was one of them. I'm not saying that Anthony Lynn isn't worthy of being considered. I'm just saying I don't view him as um, definitely the favorite, and I would say it's a little bit, like, it, it's cool that Rivera did meet with him, that they did it one-on-one. I guess you could look at that in two ways, that Rivera really wanted to have a private conversation with a candidate that... I, you know, he's the one of them. I don't know his the relationship between the two, whereas, like, with Schirmer or Zampezi, those are a little more obvious. Um, so we'll see. I, if they're still waiting on and I have not heard yet when that could take place. But, you know, if they're going to wait that out, then we still have a little bit of time here for sure. I, I, like I said, I just for me, I'm not saying that Lynn would be highest on I'm not saying my list. I'm just saying even on just on a general list, uh, but he's the latest name. Um, there's, it's may perhaps a little more intrigue because he's coming from San Francisco right now, who obviously has a really good offense and, and, and run run game, and so on. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Lastly, uh, Tom Brady. While I was here, of course. Has retired again. This time looks like it's the real deal, based on how he presented it with a video, letting everybody know, hey, you know, I went through this last year, but I'm telling you, this is uh this is happening for real this time. Tom Brady is the the, the goat, at least from the from like the his from the overall perspective. His career is unprecedented with the seven Super Bowls and everything he accomplished, including you know just winning a Super Bowl in his 40s. Even last year, you know, I know Tampa Bay's offense was miserable. Overall, But Tom Brady still looked pretty good for the most part to to me. But nonetheless, he retires. And just to tie this into Washington, you know, I I laid out at the beginning of the week an article about how Washington's – looking at the options uh, for quarterback at Washington, who could they bring in to compete with Sam Howell. But I did it by examining the entire league. It's not enough just to say, well, they could do this or they could do that. Let's look at the whole league and, and lay it out. What are the realistic scenarios? So one of the scenarios involved Tom Brady going to play somewhere else. I had him going to the Raiders. I know there were people who thought San Francisco made sense. The Raiders seemed to me like where it was going to head, but it doesn't matter now. But the point is that takes a huge option off the table, right? And if the Raiders, we'll, we'll see, like, for example, will the Raiders make a move, try to make a move to get a legit veteran quarterback since they have Devontae Adams and, you know, doesn't the owner, Mark Davis, want them to kind of go for it? We'll see. Tampa Bay still has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and some other good veterans. Do they say, hey, we can go get a Derek Carr and, you know, try to stay in this playoff race, especially in a really down NFC South? Or do they say, you know what, it's time to start over. We, you know, we had a, we've had we had a good run, but, like, it's time to sort of try to rebuild. All these things are possible. But if teams if those teams are going for it, Well, now Brady Gone takes away another option on the board. And I was already showing everybody that, like, Andy Dalton could be not just the best option. He may be, like, the only one where you feel, wow, this person is, you know, could come in. And if things break right, you know, could actually help Washington have a pretty solid, uh, year. So Tom Brady going off the board is not great for any team looking to get a quarterback. And Washington, obviously, He's one of those teams. Again, I know that Sam Howell is – they're talking him up as a, as the likely starter or the likely QB1 entering the offseason program. All that may be true. I still maintain that. I, I just find it hard to think that Rivera gets to the line of scrimmage, as it were, and sees a fifth-round pick from a year ago with one career start and says, you know what, I need to win this season. I'm riding with this guy. It would be great if it worked, especially with Sam Howell still in a rookie contract. But I imagine they're going to add a vet and a vet with a chance to start and Tom Brady retiring eliminates one of those pieces and it's going to be, it's already going to be a competitive search out there for these quarterbacks and now uh, even a bit more so uh, for these teams. So we'll see how that unfolds in the days to come. All right. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about. Uh, what, what went on here this week later on. But for right now, let's get to my conversation with my colleague at The Athletic, Nick Baumgartner, his view of the NFL Draft here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. All right, uh, we're, we're in between practices here at the Senior Bowl, so I was... Uh able to uh, pry away one of our main draft guys, Nick Baumgartner, from, uh, you know, his, his main duties here, watching all the practices. So be
0: sunburned <laughs> as much as I
1: can. Seriously, <laughs> we, we were just discussing how the, the weather yesterday was unbelievably right. odd. Was odd, and yeah, and I know, like, coming from Ryan in D.C. and you in, in Detroit, like, we're Michigan, I, was like, the, I wasn't <laughs> what, ready. <laughs> yeah, uh, not prepared, but, but I know you're prepared to watch these guys uh, have the... Uh, we're Like how's it been going so far?
0: Uh good. I think about as expected. It's been you know, the first day is always kind of a hiccupy day. Um you know quarterbacks were all over the place, adventurous, and I think that we'll see. It's not exactly the strongest crop of quarterbacks here. I think it's one of the weaker ones probably in the last maybe fifteen years. Um so we'll see if anybody smooths out today. But I think that one thing we have seen is we've seen some of the tackles, some of the defensive linemen. There's some good linemen here, I think, on both sides of the ball, uh inside and out. We've seen some Guys work at different spots. Dwan Jones was very good yesterday, wasn't here today. Uh, I wondered if that was maybe he said, I've showed you all you need to see, I'm going home. Uh, reports are there's a medical injury there, so we'll see what happens, I guess, going forward. But so far, so good. I mean, it's been a lot of good prospects here. But... Maybe not as many as we've seen in other
1: years, which I think is notable too. It it, it is notable. What what do you think is that cause? Obviously, like there's guys like Will Levis who just decided to not show. Was there a a plethora of guys like that, or was it just sort of ultimately maybe not the strongest senior class? I think both. I think the Shrine
0: Game takes some guys more than more than we've seen in the past, and you can't you know play multiple. All-star games, but I also think, too, that, like you just said, I mean, I'm not sure what, what Levis would have to gain here. You know, uh, if you think about it, like if he's comparing himself, because we stand here and we watch these guys throw next to each other, so if he's comparing himself to the Shepherd kid, and the Shepherd kid rips a couple nice throws that are better than his, it's like all of a sudden uh, that looks like a loss for him. So what does he have to gain? I think that more and more going forward doesn't make a lot of sense for the college quarterbacks. The juniors can't really play here. So it doesn't make a lot of sense if they're the top five or six to come here and expose themselves. You know what I mean? So I think that's
1: something that will have to be maybe thought about in the NFL going you, forward. You see that when I used to do uh, NBA and the NBA Combine. Oh, yeah. The guys were, sh- guys were trying to do interviews, but they wouldn't they get wouldn't on the court. Yeah. yeah, And, it,
0: and it, it got to a point where it would stop being held against them. And, you know, fair enough. But it was also like, where are we getting here? We're not getting anything. So I'm curious to see where we go with that because, you know, their pro days have become such a big deal the last few years. COVID, I think, changed with Zach Wilson and everything, right? But yeah. like those are structured workouts that they design and they set up. Out here, obviously, it's a much different deal. But, yeah, we'll see going forward.
1: You mentioned uh, Dewan Jones. He was somebody I did want to see today. Obviously, he didn't pre- practice but saw him yesterday. Uh, biggest human being in yeah, many lists. Man. Many what, what is it, like 6'8, eight, three, eight,
0: three I want to say. 365. And, I'm not and, sure what they list him at or what he weighed at. Yeah,
1: and, and his wingspan is basically like yeah. Giannis yes. Honda <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's a massive human. I think he's probably, like, I think when he got to Ohio State, he was probably close to 400 pounds. I think he probably had to slim down and he could move at 400 pounds, but it's been, there, there's a very torn group on him. Uh, it's, you know, he has all that length. Um, there are times when he looks like he knows what to do with it. There are times where sometimes maybe not. He's a little stiff. He's big. He gets tired. Maybe he went, you know, that leads to waste spending and things like that. But, like, I was talking to Dane yesterday, Grugler, and he brings up the great point. Like, whether or not he knows what to do with the link in general yet, maybe it doesn't matter because he's so long, maybe it won't matter. Maybe he'll just outlink everybody he goes against. And maybe if, you know, Vaughn Miller or, or these guys that can corner and bend underneath him, maybe it won't matter. And I think that that's the thing for teams to decide and figure out, but I'm not sure they're going to see much more of this week. He said, I think maybe he'll play in the game, but I guess we'll see on all that.
1: We'll see. Um, it feels like this is a pretty good group for offensive line mm-hmm. in general for Washington. It's definitely a need area, whether that happens with the 16th overall pick or whatever. What is your just broad sense of the, the offensive line play, what could be there at 16, and maybe who else has kind of stood out here? It's a weakish center
0: class up the middle, but the tackles have uh, Matthew Bergeron, the kid from um, Syracuse. Syracuse, right, he played well last night. Um, one kid that's been really good uh, inside, uh, McClendon Travis from UT Chattanooga. Chattanooga's had a couple guys the last few years that have come through, and he's another one, he's been really, really good uh, and really steady. Jalen Duncan, the kid from Maryland uh, near you there, he's been... Very solid, uh, and I think probably the best one so far, Osiris Torrance, the kid from Florida, is my favorite. Uh, he's a guard. I think he tried to play a little tackle yesterday, and I'm not sure that's going to work out well for, as well for him, but he's a first-round guard who really, really moves well, a lot of power, really, really polished player.
1: I, I talked to him today at the uh, media availability yeah. for players because for what Washington needs. Yeah, he's pretty I, pretty good I, we don't know if, they want, if they're want they going to go tackle or guard, Depends yeah. what they do with Sam Cosby, but he's, he does some pretty good. Um to that point, so guard when Washington drafted Brandon Sheriff several years ago, yeah. obviously Sheriff sure worked out, right. but people were not happy right. that Washington ultimately used like a really high pick on a guard. Right. With the way the NFL has been going lately, with like this past year with more in emphasis on the run game mm-hmm. and the defensive tackles are becoming a bigger deal, even just to get at the quarterback independent of the run. Do, does the guard is that starting to elevate a guy like Torrance or yeah. up the board?
0: I think so. I think that we've seen it like the Colts shocked everybody a bit with the Quentin Nelson thing, and like I, at the time, was like, well, that's not, I don't disagree with that, if that's what you want to do, because those guys are so valuable inside, I think what you're looking for is guys who can play across the board inside both guard spots, and maybe center, maybe snap a little bit, but then also, like, some of those interior guys are so athletic that if they have the right length, you can play them anywhere. I mean, if you train them right and teach them right over time, so I think that sometimes a tackle can't be a guard, but a guard can be a tackle, and I think that that's kind of the school we've seen with a lot of, the, you know, drafting for dev, finding these guys in the third, second, third round. But I think that, to your point, but I think that those guys are going up and up. So yeah. we've seen, like, you used to be able to get, like, really good value maybe in the fourth and fifth, even, with a guard, and I'm not so sure that you could wait Past Friday anymore? If you really want to get one of the best ones,
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, Cody Mock is like yeah. one of the small school offensive linemen. Seems like he made some good impression yesterday. What's your sense of him and where he might fit in with an NFL Another team? Guy
0: who's working at center today? Actually, rotated a little bit with Olu Oluwatimi, Olu, who's more of a center only. But Cody Mock, I think guard center, and I think he can play. He's snapping here for I think the first time. Not, I'm not sure how much he snapped in his life. Um, needs to get stronger still, but great feet and length and can move and has all of the stuff. Uh, and I think it's probably trending up to be one of the top interior OLs after, you know, Everett
1: Torrance and those guys. Somewhere in the second, I think he can be somewhere in there. You mentioned uh, Jalen Duncan, Marilyn kid. Yeah. Somebody told me leading into this that he may be the best athlete really a- among just the, among these guys. What, what's yeah. your sense of him? I don't know if he's a first-round guy, but maybe. I You know, I don't
0: know. It's a weird tackle class. I think that he's a guy that's probably day two. Uh, I don't know if he's first-round, but he is... Uh, Just a steady, steady player, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's not super, super explosive, but it's also like for a guy that doesn't make mistakes in the run game, like you said, but I mean, he's an aggressive player who can get downhill and get get guys sealed and turn and move out and be an effective guy in zone schemes and a gap. So I think that more and more we, we spend so much time looking at these guys and what they can do in pass pro, and that's fair. But I think that he's a great example of someone who his strengths can be as a run blocker, and I think that that's shining here this week.
1: Um, Jim Nagy, uh, the executive director of the Senior Ball spoke the other day before this all started and was talking about the cornerbacks Yeah, and he talked about how he just loves the length of these guys. Yeah, And I know there's probably not a first rounder here, right. but every time I see a mock right now for Washington, they're constantly getting targeted for a corner, which feels like it's an indication of how strong this this class is. Yeah. So I guess to that point, what's your sense of some of the guys here and also just the class it's overall? A
0: really, that's true. It's a really good corner class and it's hard to sort at the top it's probably not one in the top ten, I don't think, but like after that, it gets you're gonna get five, six, five or six guys that have any first round potential. We get Keely Ringo, a guy that people are are torn on, and then yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys here that. Uh, there's a kid from Kansas State. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. He's like 6'4". Yeah. Whatever he is, I mean, the length is crazy. And that has been a thing we've seen here in the last few years. Um, Tariq Wollen, you know, the, the kid at Seattle this year who was so good that came from uh, a small school, all that link. We've seen them do a good job, I think, at the senior build the last few years, uh, last few cycles anyway, of finding... A lot of really good defensive backs. A lot of good safeties that can play corner. And a lot of good corners that can play safety. A lot of guys who can play both spots. And I think when we when we come here, we see the same thing. Like, there's a lot of guys here with a lot of length
1: uh, that can cover a lot of ground. Julius Brent, so there, I think is the uh, guy. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah I, I was uh, standing near him at the... Uh meat available. Um, I'm not, yeah, he was like, <laughs> and it's hard, like, you don't know who some of these guys are, obviously, you know, right. they're not wearing like their helmets or, yeah. or uniforms, but he was talking, like, oh, you're definitely a cornerback, I can tell by your, uh, by your build and your size, yeah. and yeah, he seemed like he was an interesting guy just as, like, a, yeah. a, as a guy. Um, The tight end class, overall, feels like it's a pretty good group, and I guess, for this event, Luke yeah. Musgrave from Oregon State feels like one of the, Notables here, maybe another guy. That's a first-round pick. He missed time last year though with a with a knee injury. Is he to look like a guy who could compete as like maybe one of the best couple guys in the yeah, draft?
0: I think he's in that group. I think he's in that group with, and it's it's an interesting one because you've got a guy like Darnell Washington from Georgia, who's just this freaky uh, monster of a player. You've got um, Michael Mayer at Notre Dame, who will be one of the best contested catch receivers or tight ends when he gets into the league. And then you've got a guy like Musgrave, who I think does a little bit of both, Dalton Schultz, for some guys like this. And I think that that's another one, that tight end is like... There's a lot of guys here that could probably work out at tight end that are linebackers or that are edge guys that could probably, you know, hang and play. So what you're looking for there is, I think, when we see these athletes that are freaky, freaky guys, like, that's where the eyes tend to go. But you don't want to get lost on a guy like Musgrave, because he's the classic, I think, a two-way guy you can play. You don't have to come him off the field. Um, good to see that he's here, actually, because that's a guy that has a lot of uh, a lot of buzz around him.
1: Um, I don't know if Washington's going to bother with the quarterbacks. So they're seemingly claiming that Sam Howell is going to be their hope. And like you said, this is not a day one, maybe right. not even day two. Five. Anybody though for you? Like you know what? If I had to throw a dart at somebody to maybe be something to keep an eye on, you know,
0: a... I really think that a team like Washington and a team that I mean, it depends on how confident they are in a guy like Powell, right? It's like if you really think he can be your your guy and and handle it for a little while, then there's the then there's always the developmental Anthony Richardson question that I, I wonder about for teams like that. Where if you don't have an answer and you don't have a firm like, we don't know, maybe he'll be our guy, maybe Sam will be the guy, maybe not, Richardson's the type of guy that's not going to be ready right away. Um but also, like, I mean within two years, he could be outstanding. He could be he could be amazing. So that's that's the that's the high one that always comes to mind. But down in here, I, you know, Tune has been solid. Uh, Max Duggan is better in team than he is in any of these individual drills. And he's the guy that I, I'm probably most curious about on day three in, in the backup role. Like the strict, you know, will someone believe in him enough to, to kind of overcome all the faults? Because he does make plays, but he also misses a lot, and he also has limitations. So that's one guy that I, I think about a lot for a situation like that, too. You have an unproven starter... We don't quite know what you're going to get, but a guy like Duggan would come in and kick him in the butt yep. and push him in camp, and that would be really good, too. So that, that would be another one. I think you could go extreme and maybe try to find a project like Richardson, or you could try to find a quality backup, a young quality backup. I think that's underrated, an underrated thing on a team sometimes.
1: Um, and just lastly, I know like when you're looking at all these prospects, especially when you get towards mock draft thoughts, you start thinking, okay, what, where do I think this guy makes sense? Yeah. because of this team has certain exactly. uh, uh, things they are look traits they're looking for. When you think of Washington, okay, what position? Whatever it may be, Three. what stands out to you when you're thinking about what Washington is trying to accomplish or what they've done in the past? Well, I think it's still you're, they're still trying to establish themselves
0: in the lines. I think that that's still something that's coming, and I think that there's there's been you know growth there. You mentioned Cosme earlier. I liked him a lot when he came out. Obviously, Chase Young's there on both sides, but I think that that's a franchise that. You see the pieces that come through. Dotson has, has flashed, and that's good. And They've always got a few here and there, but the quarterback is whatever. But I think if, if you settled both lines and were able to sort of, like, one or two more pieces on both sides, then the quarterback conversation, it's still a conversation, but it, it becomes less of the, like, look at Detroit with golf. It became less of the main event when it was, yeah. the line is doing so, you know, we're running the ball, we're, we're finding other ways, take pressure off the quarterback. That's what I think Washington maybe would want to
1: look at. Uh, you are all over the draft. Where can people, uh, find you? Obviously, you're on the athletic, yep. but what's your, uh, Whatever it is, what, what's the best way for we'll you to find me? Uh, on you?
0: Twitter uh, at Nick Baumgartner, also on Instagram and TikTok lately on Nick uh, at Nick Baumgartner. FB, so you can check me out there. Not too annoying on there yet, I hope, but we'll see. You've made <laughs> the
1: trade. You've, you've gone to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, not. I have not. Yeah, I'm new. Yeah, it's, it's
0: brand new. It's very interesting, but yeah, Instagram is more my speed. Especially yeah. <laughs>
1: with, the, with with Twitter, like we're all concerned, like what's yeah, gonna happen? I was like, boy, do I have to go to TikTok? Yeah. I don't know. We'll I'm see. Trying
0: to, I'm trying to branch out and do more and uh, <laughs> you know expand my portfolio, as I say. So we'll see, awesome. see how it
1: goes. Well, as you can tell, Nick knows his stuff. Uh, go check him out on the athletic as well as on all these social media platforms. <sighs> Thanks so much, and sorry to the, for these kids behind us. We, 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 we got infiltrated.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, you then. Awesome, man. Thanks,
1: to man. You. you too.